What's up, heretics? It's the Religion of Speed podcast, the show for car nerds by car nerds. I am Matt Overstreet. I am Chris Huffman. I am Aaron Benjamin. There we go. And he's putting on his radio voice. And I actually remembered the intro. I'm proud of myself. I didn't even have it on my phone. And we didn't even change it this time. No. (laughs) Thank God. Uh, It's the return. We're back. We are back to podcasting after... I don't know. It's just been a been a summer. It's been a while. Yeah, it's yeah. been a summer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lots of changes. Lots of things going on. You know, everybody's got a weird schedule, but right. Yeah. I I do feel like it's not just us. I feel like no, this summer has just been weird time wise for everybody. Like people I know, like that go out on their boats or go fishing and stuff, are just like I just haven't had time. I've been doing other stuff. I feel like that break from COVID or like from life that we had with COVID, where everybody just didn't do anything, and then everybody like kind of rushed back in. To doing all sorts of cool stuff, and now life's kind of catching back up. And yeah, like, you went to the track the other day. I did. I went to Track Attack, but that was only the second time I've made it out this year. So it's Wait. definitely um, I haven't made it out as much as I wanted to. But you said there were hardly anybody there too. It was wild how few people were there. Um, we got to do. I got to do three fun runs, and I was still. And I stopped at Whataburger, and I was still home by one. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And the Renaissance Fair is in town. There's a Whataburger. Down they there? just don't, I know it blew my mind. I went <laughs> I went there for the In and Out and I saw this Whataburger wow. and I'm like, what? How long has this been here? They said it had been open a year and they're trying to open. They've got several in the Springs. They're trying to open one in Denver, one in Pueblo, which just goes to show now all we need is either a Crystal or a White Castle and we're the best fast food city in America. That's the most American thing I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> I selfishly hope it's White Castle. Uh, you know, just because I want a Crave case. Oh, I got you. Well, it's just, with Crystal, it's just called a steamer. That's worse. Right? (laughs) It's much worse. Hot steamer, please. That's what you got to say. I have a hot crystal steamer. You can get that in Pueblo. (laughs) Hot Hot crystal steamer. Did you get any White Castle on your uh, trip out east? I didn't, man. I didn't get any. I mean, the food hasn't, I haven't explored a lot of like fun food, especially fast food. I don't eat fast food on the road. At all. That's probably a good idea. That yeah. takes a lot of willpower, given that that's like 90% of the food you see. I would like to fit in my Miata continuously. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, so that's a no. But yeah, because you've been traveling all over the country, doing all sorts of stuff, uh, running stuff, doing comedy gigs. Uh, yeah, us, I don't think we have much of an excuse. No, I'm not really. I mean, I will say that this summer in Colorado has been wild. It's either been record-breaking heat or raining. It's been raining a lot. It's not been good Miata weather this summer. No. What about all the hail? Yeah, and we've had too. hail. That's true. We had yeah. hail going into, like, July. Yeah. Which I was like, this shouldn't be happening anymore. It's kind of nice to have a car that has a ton of hail damage. Right. <laughs> Just because I was, like, on the road, like, oh, it's hailing again at home? Eh. Whatever. I mean, man, I went to Michigan and... For like a week and a half, and I was just constantly like on my phone looking at the radar here. Like, is my Fiesta getting just pummeled right now? Oh man, I didn't I mean, even think about that. Yeah, we parked under a tree. That's the best I got. You know, <laughs> I'm an idiot because I left the Miata under a tree, which is all covered in hail, and I left the Fit, which has zero hail damage, oh, no. out in the open. Oh no! And yeah, so did, did it get it? No. Nope. Oh, thank God. I don't know. I got lucky. Yeah, I've gotten lucky this year too. A hailstorm hit my neighborhood when I was at work. And it never hit. It never hit me in Golden while I was working. So does the does the two forty have any hail damage? No, but the the steel that they used to use is a lot thicker than the steel they currently use. Which is hilarious because there was always the joke back in the day that the nineties JDM cars used way thinner steel than like the American cars. <laughs> right. But we've just gotten thinner and thinner it as just, it went. If you look at a modern Subaru, it'll dent. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
But the, that I've seen I've seen the 240 shrug off hail. Yeah, and it's just fine, no dents. That was a great visual. Like I just pictured it like with like, like its fenders, just like you know, yeah. like muscular shoulders, you know, throwing yeah. the hail. The paint won't hold up to it, but the metal's doing just fine. Well, your paint on the 240 was gone anyways, so... Yeah, pretty much. The clear, there's a few scraps of it left. <laughs> you gotta hold on to those. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to beat with the fit. That thing's got... It's pink. Really? Yeah. Well, his has rust, though. On uh. the, like, all that surface rust on it. Like, not, like, rusty, like, a typical 90s JDM color. Yeah, yeah. It's patina. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's that stuff that people want that they clear over. Right, yeah. yeah. I've thought about just clearing over it and leaving it be... You know, is patina in anymore? I feel I like it kind of went away. It'll be in again in like five, ten years. That's like, true. It is if you're like Richard Rollins or some shit. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, our kids, the kids are like wearing weird shit from like I saw a headline the other day that uh, Gen Z is bringing back new metal. Really? Yeah, like Limp Biscuit, Corn, Roach, Papa Roach. Shit like that is like big with Zoomers right but now. That means we're in the early 2000s already again. I know. Which means it's... we'll be in the 2010s again really soon. But, Hell yeah. But that does kind of make sense because think about it. When we were in high school in the early 2000s, what was in? 70s style stuff. That's true. Yeah. 30 years seems to be the loop. Yeah. Gen Z seems to be cycling all this stuff faster. Though. They, they do. They're I mean, I think that's just quick. the internet. Like, no yeah. attention span. Yeah, yeah exactly. Fucking it's, it's the TikTok generation. <laughs> Hi, we're old. Yeah. Well, now when I watch old 80s movies, I'm like, wow, this intro is like 40 TikToks. <laughs> you, measure, you measure TV shows in TikToks. This opening credits is 20 TikToks. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, that's hilarious. I will say, I've never had patience for opening uh, scenes in movies. But you know what? This is a car podcast. That's so true. let's talk about some Maybe car let's stuff. let's talk about cars. We haven't been together in a long time, if you can't tell. So we just want to bullshit about everything. Yes. So if it's... we get off on more tangents than usual, that's why. I'm halfway into this Americano, and I'm more talkative than usual. Oh, boy. We even get to the cocaine yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. They're going to bring in the cocaine later, huh? Yeah, yeah. Pow- powdered donuts are special here. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for showing me this place, man. Right? Great place. Uh, We won't mention where we are yet, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) All right. First up in the news. Let's get to some news. Uh, There's been a lot of stuff that's happened, so I kind of cherry-picked some stuff from the recent times. Uh, But this one got my – oh, yeah, look at that. It is the wrong link on there. It does say California – Target bans teens. Yeah, I clicked on that. I was like, why are we talking about a Target? That is not teens. the link that it was yeah. supposed to be put on there. Uh, the link that was supposed to be put on there is Laguna Seca's future is looking bright as they enter a private public partnership. I didn't know this, but Laguna Seca was owned by the county. I didn't know that either. I assumed it was privately owned, like a lot of racetracks. Yeah, apparently the land was deeded to the county by the army back in the day. Okay. Way back in the day. And this oh. would have been in, like, what, the 40s? It didn't say, and I didn't do any more research. Okay. So. <laughs> I thought WeatherTech owned that. They're just the sponsor. <laughs> Their name's just all over it. Right? Which is kind of weird that the government would sponsor it. But apparently, uh, I think that's, we were kind of speculating, that's kind of why Laguna Seca was the first to get the, the, uh, the noise ordinances and stuff. And why housing was built really close to it. or I mean, that's happening to everybody now. But I think right. that's why it kind of started because it was like it was a county-owned park, basically. And now they have to listen to their taxpayers. The same people who own it have the taxpayers that are complaining about it. Yeah. Even though they move next to a racetrack, you know, 
50 years after it was built. Yeah, well, uh, we've t- mentioned this before. You know, there's plenty of people here that move out to, like, the airport. Yeah. And then complain about the airplanes. Right. I'm just like, what? Yeah, it's like, what did you think was going to happen? And also, I've been, I've flown to multiple places in this country. When you're flying into Denver, like, there's houses kind of around-ish. Yeah. But, like, if you're flying to some cities, like, try flying into Grand Rapids. You fly over the city. Yeah. like. Super low. <laughs> Most cities that you, because I mean, now I fly a lot. You're flying into either the center of the city, you're flying into, if it's like Chicago, I mean, yeah. any major city, you are flying literally into the city. So, if yeah. you're in Vegas, you can watch the planes just take off right there out of the middle of downtown. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, it's like Denver's, in that sense, it's terrible when you have to drive out to the airport, but also like way far away from everything, all things considered. Right. It so, it's like, I was told the light rail trip out there from south denver is a three-hour train ride no no there's no way somebody somebody said they researched it and and that and that was the number that popped up on the website what do you mean south denver though like university area near jerusalem actually i don't think so unless you catch a weird connection because i've taken it from union to the airport yeah and it's only 10 bucks or 1050 well that's free right now Oh, well, yeah, this month it's free, or the oh, next yeah. two months. That's awesome. It's like a $70 lift ride. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. baby. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's pretty reasonable half an hour, maybe 40. Not much longer than a car ride. Oh, that's really. not bad. Uh, you know, you stop a little bit more, but... Yeah, but... You literally get dropped off at the at the terminal. Yeah. Oh, that's worth it. Yeah, like, when we drove out there, you know, we had to park in the Econo parking, and then they yeah. had to take a bus, and when you have miss to, your flight. You, you and, pay for the parking. Like, yeah. You have to, then you worry about your car getting broken into while it's in the airport parking lot. Right. That's why I took the Subaru. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to break into that. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it really is. I've only ever lifted out there, and it's it's $70 ride, or, you know, 45 minutes to an hour on the road if you drive to drop somebody off. So what we can do is uh, hopefully Bandamir goes over there, right? And then we can just put all the noise in one place. There we right. go. And then maybe we'll follow in Laguna Seca's footsteps and get some private. You know. Well, I guess that's already owned by a family, right? Right. That yeah, that's fine. Yeah. This is just yeah. this is the weird one out being publicly funded for a long time. But this one now they entered into a public and private partnership. So there's some rich people that are investing money into it. They didn't really say in the article, but like the one uh comment they had from uh bruce canapa of all people who i don't know if you know that name he's a really famous racing car driver i haven't heard of him uh or c-a-n-e-p-a oh okay yeah 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 yeah. i thought i thought i was thinking like kavanaugh i was like what yeah no i i'm probably pronouncing the the, his last name wrong uh but apparently he's part of the laguna seca like trust or whatever uh he was saying something like 40 to 60 million dollars coming in and improvements and stuff that's awesome yeah that's, so I am kind of worried, though, because, like, uh, the quote from the article is from Bruce is, everybody wants a higher level of experience, a nicer experience. Whether you go to a football game or basketball game or a race or a race, people want a five-star experience from where they sit, what they eat, and where they park. The whole thing in Laguna Seca is the perfect balance, perfect place to do that, and that's what our goal is. Maybe they'll add like a second corkscrew to the corkscrew so it goes around and around like a Hot Wheels garage. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, I mean, it sounds like most of the improvements are going to be to the infrastructure and stuff like that. 
But it I, sounds like they're targeting a luxury experience. Yeah. Which could alienate a lot of people who actually want to go just to see the racing. Oh, yeah, racing. I forgot. Going racing is a very common poor man thing. No, going yeah. watch the racing. <laughs> watch the racing has been the yeah. poor man's Even thing. that's expensive. It's true. Think it about is. F1. Like, I, oh, yeah. yeah, I'd like to go to an F1 race in the U.S. even though I'm, you know, the, the anti-hipster F1 movement. <laughs> uh, but, like, yeah, two grand? Come on, dude. I just bought a car for that. Get out of here. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, the good part is... Going to see like an IMSA race or something like that is way cheaper because nobody goes to those races. Going to a pro drifting event is a fraction of it too. Yeah. I mean, they they pretty much let you in, don't they? It's like, uh, well, the prices went up. I mean, I haven't been since maybe 2019, but I want to say I paid 50 bucks, maybe maybe 70 once you factor in parking. See, that's that's too much, I think, for a spectator for a race. To go in? Yeah. Yeah. It just kept getting bigger when I started going. It was like 25 bucks. Yeah. Well, that, that was kind of like the heyday too, though. I think they've kind of... This like, was pre-COVID. I don't know what's happened with it since then. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what crowds have done for drifting. I yeah. think... Well, I think it's definitely arguably... Let's call it the third most popular... Drifting? In the U.S. In the U.S.? To I go spectate, that. I would imagine. Yeah. Well, I would imagine, you say NASCAR? And... I'd imagine number one are, are NASCAR... Number two is now going to be F1, even though, like, and I don't mean, obviously, there's a million more NASCAR races than there are F1 races in the U.S., but I think that drifting is fairly highly attended because it is such a short run, a very visual sport. You're seeing everything in one in one yeah. location. Well, um, they put so, on a show. Like, yeah. it, it's, it really is a spectacle, like you're saying. Like, yeah. and, and I watched, because I went for, I probably started going in around 2008, 2009, and... Um, I watched it just blow up yeah. because the first time I went, it was cheap and there weren't a lot of people there. Um, but by the end, it can take two hours just to get out of the infield of Road Atlanta. Wow. All right. Well, I hope they're still pulling those kind of crowds. I do too. Like, I hope COVID didn't slow them down that much. Yeah. It, was, it was cool to see the sport blow up because when I first got there, you could just walk up to most of the pro drivers and be like, hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, my first event, my first drift event I went to was actually D1 GP Miami. Nice. They had like a special kind of exhibition of, of D1 in the US. That's yeah. awesome. And I got to, I, that's where I got Suchia's autograph and awesome. Daigo Saito. And it's like they're just – it was a, a very poorly attended small – like it was like if you know, you know type thing. Yeah. And uh, I think it was 30 bucks maybe or like – it was super cheap. But I think a lot – I think part of the price increase in a thing like that is a lot of those drift events and things like that have festival-style music events, stages. They're kind of becoming more involved. It's more than just the race. And I would assume – that a place like Laguna Seca will also start to kind of bring an experience for more than just the person who's going to watch the race. Yeah. For the people that they're bringing with them that are like, oh, gasoline, what is that smell? Oh, my God, tire smoke. <laughs> my eyes are burning, you know? Sorry, it could be anybody. It doesn't have to be someone whose voice might sound like that. <laughs> you know? Just want to clarify. I just want to clarify or just note that he's doing a great job bringing us back to the topic. He's doing a better job yeah. than I am right now. Are we true? Yeah, yeah. you're reining us in. <laughs> Because uh, we'll meander all the all fucking oh, day. all day. Yeah. Um, one of the things I did love from this article and this agreement, though, is um, everybody was kind of. I was kind of worried reading it. You know, like, ah, okay, we're gonna get private, fun, privately funded people in here. Like, is it gonna, like, is this gonna mess with things? You know. Uh, but in the article, it says at least two neighbors of Laguna Seca had hoped the board would require environmental review of traffic and noise prior to appro- approving the agreement. But that didn't happen. <laughs> I like that. It's just like, no, we've done what we can with noise and whatnot. Like, you're, you're 
You live next to a racetrack. Sorry. Yeah. Airbnb yeah. it during the events. Right. Make a lot of money. Oh yeah, tons yeah. of money. And and stop complaining. Yeah. If I lived in that area, I would, and I had a house, that garage would be first of all Airbnb. Second of all, the garage would be set up in such a way that whoever was that would be part of advertising that Airbnb would be four people looking to do a track weekend. Would be four people who like. I need somewhere to park my Porsche, and also here's a set of here's a, a moderate set of tools and a jack and some jack stands. And I don't know what kind of liability you might run into with that, but just it would be there. Yeah. And if you used it, it used it. You know. Right. I left the garage unlocked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that makes a a pretty good point of like everybody's complaining about all these houses moving close to racetracks and closing down racetracks. Why don't Why are we not just buying up these houses? No. Yeah. yeah th- these are these are enthusiast houses now right yeah yeah why did why well they're probably not marketed as that so they probably just have some s- typical small suburban garage but why are they not building those houses like yeah. okay the first couple rows that are the closest to the racetrack they're gonna get like the m- most noise or whatever right like let's put big garages on here and market it as hey you can live next to laguna seca right you know because if one of us bought it you know we wouldn't be complaining about the noise no have a balcony up there so you can see part of the racetrack oh that'd be you really know. cool I'm pretty sure VIR has houses on the racetrack. Yeah, they do that kind of stuff. But that's hyper expensive. Yeah. Willow, Willow Springs built condos out there too. Okay. Yeah. I bet Apple Valley's still cheap, you know? That's a local reference. I Not for us. For well, for Southern California, Apple Valley Speedway is like the drifter okay. track. It's oh. up near kind of Palm don't quote me if I'm wrong, Californians that are listening. Uh, <laughs> but it's near like um Palmdale kinda. So kinda right outside LA, nearish Willow Springs or Okay. Um, I think I may have seen some drift videos from there. But yeah, Apple Valley Speedway is but a kinda huge out there in the track. desert. Yeah. 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 And so I'm sure housing is well, it's California, so not affordable, right. but comparatively affordable. Yeah, it's like, you know, a million-dollar meth house. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> wow. It's a million dollars, and most of the copper's still there. Yeah. <laughs> I would tell you this. If Bandemir did, because I'm praying that when they close, they open a facility. Definitely, you know, it's going to be out east, I would assume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe, hopefully they build some sort of road course around it, even if it's small. And housing around there, I'd rather just, like, scoop a place near there. That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. Not that I want to live that far east, but... But if you're right next to a racetrack... Kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that would kind of make up for it. Yeah. Because, I mean, part of the reason I don't want to move out east is because I like driving the mountains. But if I just go drive on a racetrack, it's like, eh, okay. Yeah, that's worth it. If you're next to a racetrack, I can tolerate a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did see some rumors with Bandemir moving, which I don't know if... We've covered it on the show, but everybody here in Denver, across the country, I think, knows that Bandemir Speedway, the drag strip here in Denver, is closing. Yep. Um, Season's almost over. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just done. Um, but there have been rumors about them moving out towards the airport, and there's also been rumors about them making it a whole facility. And they haven't really said what that means, but, like, you know, they had action karting at Bandemir, uh, which is a karting track that they use for the uh, Colorado Karting Association's tour. Okay. So that's going to be going away, and I hope they at least build another kart track out there. I'd love to see them build something kart track-wise like an IMI. Yes, something so that, that's big enough that you could put a real car on. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be a full-fledged racetrack. Right. You know, but a drift track or time trials track or something like that. Like, I think that would add a lot to the Bandemir, like, facility. Um so I'm, and I've seen some rumors about something like that. So I'm really hoping that's what happens. I mean, that would add a fifth 
potential road course to within what two hours of us, give or take. You know, yeah. you'd have you'd have what La Junta, High P- Plains, High Plains. You'd have Bandamere. You'd yeah. have um, uh, PPIR, and, and then Pueblo. you'd have Pueblo. Yeah. And that's impressive because there are not many states. Again, another under the radar, under the radar Colorado thing that have tracks like that. Like and that's within two hours of the Denver metro area, too. Exactly. And there's actually a road course in Golden that the Highway Patrol uses for training. Yeah, oh. and they do some and, SCCA events there. Yep, they rent it out for SCCA, Syrian yeah. Motorsports. It's weird. It's like, a, it's like a triangle with chicanes in each straightaway, from what I understand. There's Just an- another reason for you guys not to move here. <laughs> That's why we need to defund the police, so, so that way we can take over yeah, the track. So they can sell us their racetrack. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, and the police in Golden probably need to be defunded more than any other yeah. police department in the Denver area. You get pull people over for noise complaints. Yeah. Didn't Laguna Seca, this is weird, I don't know, not a side note, I guess not a side note, but didn't Laguna Seca, well, I thought, wasn't it Mazda Raceway or something like that before that? Yeah, Mazda ran, I oh, think, okay. I want to say when Forza 4 came out, it was called Mazda I don't know why Speed Laguna Seca. Or yeah, Mazda, Mazda, Mazda Raceway. Yeah. Yeah, Laguna Seca or something like that. Because yeah. they, they had all the Mazda Sky Active blue stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Mazda, you know, they, they love their race cars and they love racing. And they love it because of the Miata, which brings us to our next point. There's a transition. See, it's all, all coming together now. <laughs> I, looked, I, I looked ahead at the required reading. <laughs> uh, so Mazda says there's been rumors that Mazda was going to increase the horsepower in the Miata to meet with the BRZ's right. uptick. The new, the new uh, 2.4 liter engine, mm-hmm. right. The the The... Minor horsepower wars, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you will, incremental uh, horsepower wars. Yeah, but Mazda pretty much said, "Nah, we're good." The the Miata makes the the right amount of horsepower. We're not interested in competing with the BRZ. Well, and honestly, an ND Miata is still competitive, even against a modern GR86, because mm-hmm. they are lighter. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they're smaller for sure. I don't fit in NDs. When I see NDs at autocross, they usually burn. I know they've they've been burning the first Gen 8 sixes for a minute. Yeah. Um. So the second Gen 8 sixes, I don't see them being. I mean, they are a lot quicker, but I just I see the the Miata still being pretty competitive with it, yeah. even as is. I mean, my friend just bought a uh, a brand new GR86, and nice. apparently they're kind of even underrated from the factory. Oh, really? They're saying Toyota has underrated them because they don't want to get too close in the horsepower rating compared to the 2-liter Supra. Right. But a lot of people are dynoing them and they're making in the in the 2s uh oh. wheel horsepower like like low like 215, 213. That's pretty good for wheel horsepower actually. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, I love that we're back to that underrating because the three liter Supras have been underrated too when people well, take them into dyno. That's just your typical BMW. <laughs> like, yeah, it makes 300 horsepower, put it on a dyno, it makes 360. And you're yeah. like, what? <laughs> it's like, hey, your insurance company's happy, aren't they? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, the Miata, though, like, it, it's always like, I feel like they, they know better because they went down this path with the NC. They're like, oh, we'll make it bigger, we'll give it a little more power. And the NC, nobody liked it. I mean, I can't say nobody liked it. I actually want an NC because I actually fit. I was about to say, in. that's just because you have tall bias. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you were our size, I think you'd be happy with those pop-ups and, you know, yeah. NA, NA life. Oh, I, I want an NA, but I just, you know, I think my, I think the most of my back problems are from owning an NA in college. <laughs> 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 like driving it to like Ohio and shit, like say, five, six hour in, drives. When you sat in mine at the 4th of July barbecue, I mean, I honestly expected more of your head to stick over the <laughs> But it was just kind of your hat and a little bit of forehead. 
Fun fact, when we got here and I mentioned selling the Miata, Matt's first question was, how much? What do you <laughs> so. Well, listen, because if I do buy another NA, what I'm doing is I'm building an extra tall roll bar and like a bikini top over top of it. Yeah, nice. And that's, that's going to be the extent. You mean a bimini top? Bimini? I've heard them called... Bikini? I've heard it called that before. I'm thinking like the top's on a boat. Is that what you're thinking? Where it just, it just like attaches to the front and stretches over the roll bar and attaches like... Like a Jeep top. Kind of like a Jeep top. I okay. thought maybe there are two different tops. I'd love to figure this out. If you've got answers to this, yeah. bikini top, because, you know, I feel like a bottom would fit better. A bikini <laughs> bottom. Okay. Great. No, it's on. To, it's the, I thought it was a bimini thing, like a boat. Like boats have bimini tops that do yeah. that. They just like stretch and then the, the back is open. I mean, you're not wrong. I don't know. Maybe I've been saying it wrong this whole time. People I just have just love... been like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's like two, oh my God, it's a bikini top. So it's like where the tits are supposed to go. It's like for the driver and passengers. Over <laughs> the there. There go. <laughs> so it's like a T-top. It's like the reverse T-top. It's a T-T-top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. now I'm just imagining an SW20 with a bikini top sticking out of each, each T-top section. No, it's an A cup W eleven. Oh, A cup W eleven. Okay. All right, we need to move on. Yeah, Those deep are... reference. I <laughs> we, we've we've done all the the boob jokes we can right now. I was um I was hoping that when they did the Mazda speed. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And you got another boob joke? I was just like, well, there's like N A and B and C and B. <laughs> Holy shit. Those are cup I don't sizes. even know Come why on, I didn't make dude. that connection. Oh my god, oh, that's sorry. great. That's you stumbled yeah, onto the, something there. But the N D is smaller than the N C. So the sizing is just, it doesn't work very, very well. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, also, like... yeah, C is idealized, right? So. <laughs> yeah, so now we're way off course. Yeah. And the NA is best? So we're saying I mean, it... it depends on who you ask, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've got answers to what your favorite cup size slash Miata chassis is. <laughs> I mean, as a man, I can just say that, uh, you know, they're all good. That's true. <laughs> very very I'm, I'm democratic not or not democratic diplomatic diplomatic <laughs> i was hoping when they did the mazda speed when they did the anniversary edition on the nd that they would maybe announce a turbo right um they just kind of came out with a package that offered brimbo brakes up front and in some fun colors like it was that orange yeah and it I looked great do love that orange yeah i was just hoping that you know it was like come on bring back just just even if it's for one year Bring yeah. back a turbo like well, they did with the NB. Well, they do that, and then the facility is going to burn down. That's true. So. <laughs> we'll get two years, and they'll be the most valuable NDs ever made. So there was actually a quote in this article from Car Scoops, and this is kind of crazy because I didn't realize this, but uh, I'll add on this later, but or to the end of this. But the statement from uh, Dave Coleman, who is the uh, vehicle development engineer for the Miata, is uh, the Miata is a system. The whole car is optimized for the current power. Uh, if you increase power, suddenly we have to add stronger drivetrain, bigger brakes. A snowball effect would happen if we did something like that. It would make it not feel like a Miata. It's not that having more power within itself would be bad, but there's trade-offs. The value we get out of the Miata being so incredibly light is something that you would lose. So I feel like they're, like, yes, that's true, but I feel like an incremental increase wouldn't have thrown it off. And also, isn't there a different power plant available for the Miata in other countries? Yeah, but it's lower. Is lower, so that's okay. Yeah. Okay. The problem is when you say incremental increase, right? We're talking, uh, let's call it a 10% increase, yeah. right? And if the car makes 125, 140, what does the new one make? 130, 140? I thought the 120 was approaching 200, wasn't it? It's like 160, 170, I think. Okay, so let's say you add 17 horsepower to that, right? right? Now you're at 175. 
you're still not BRZ level, okay? And you've now, like he said, upset the balance. It's not worth it. It's to me, it's it's and I know that's weird saying 17 horsepower upsets the balance, but I'm sure in an ultimate engineering standpoint, it does. Yeah. Um, See, I, if it was anybody else saying that statement, I'd say he's full of shit. But the thing is, Dave Coleman was originally, the reason I know him is he was the technical editor for Sport Compact Car Magazine back in the day. And he always, he is an engineer to the, like engineer nerd down to the T. Like I learned a lot about cars and engineering by reading his articles. And he's very, very much about that balance thing. Okay. You know? So, it's, so he's a perfectionist when it comes to this. Very much so. So okay. hearing him, knowing that he's on this project, which makes a lot of sense now, I'm like, this makes sense. Like, I was like, no, it's perfect. Leave it alone. Right. And I, I just think we can, like, I think he's part of the reason we have the ND. Because he was part of the NC team originally. Okay. And then I think he became the lead engineer and decided, like, hey, we need to bring this back to the original. Right. So it was just a weird little thing of, like, I I followed Dave Coleman's stuff forever when Sport Compact Car, you yeah. know, and I'm like, oh, shit, look, look who's back. <laughs> like, that's fucking weird. It's time for a new RX chassis. I would love to see that. That's what it's time for. It's time for a new big sports car, but the RX is never coming back. So you think the modern emission standards are going to prevent the rotary from ever it's, coming back? It's impossible, in my opinion. What about that little .333 liter range extender they've got? In the, uh, well, I know we didn't get that one stateside, did we? Well, yeah, and they're going to stop selling that anyways. Oh, man. Yeah, they sold like 2,000 of those things or something, wow. some ridiculously low number, and they're just like, We're, it's not worth it. We're not there's a bunch anymore. of like go-kart-sized rotary engines that are going to be really rare and valuable. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, what does that sound like? Like a weed whacker? Like a... Yeah, uh, probably just a tiny two-stroke, you know? Uh, probably mean, like a RC car, a little nitro car. Yeah, like but oh. before they were all electric. Yeah. yeah. I think as long as Mazda gives us another... Uh, Slightly bigger horsepower. It doesn't have to be a rotary, and it doesn't have to be on RX. But yeah, it is time for a bigger uh, chassis from them. I think to be competitive. So and as long, going up against the Z and the Supra. Yeah, and as long as it comes out with a proper manual transmission out of the gate, which I think with Mazda we have a pretty good chance of seeing that. If anybody, yeah. Yeah. Whatever happened to that inline six that Mazda was developing? That concept we covered. What it was maybe six months ago. Ugh. It was a while ago. Time is an illusion. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I remember that. It was a really pretty looking concept. Right. The idea of doing an inline six is really cool. I mean, even if they did an inline six sports sedan that's a hybrid at this point, like, I would take that. With, like, the drivetrain going to the right set of wheels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now we're getting old. Well, I'm just, I, I would <laughs> prefer the coupe. I would prefer an actual sports car. But I just don't think Mazda is going to make a different sports car than the Miata. I just don't think, like, there just doesn't seem to be this big of a market for it anymore. Everybody's, everybody wants an SUV. Everything's an SUV. I hope Mazda is the one to prove us wrong. I do hope that we don't get an RX SUV. Oh, God. I we hope might. We don't put that name on an SUV. Uh, I mean, speaking of cars that are becoming SUVs, that yeah. name plates that should never, never be an SUV. Right. Uh, the Skyline is probably going to become a hybrid SUV. I hate this. We've got a Corvette SUV. We've got a Mustang SUV. There was even Eclipse and an Eclipse SUV. Which yep. They killed it forever. I'm, well, I'm glad that, that was short-lived at least. Yeah. But yeah, that um, I hate that. Yep. And the worst part is it's not surprising. No, I, I wasn't surprised. Like, 
I read that the headline. I was like, yeah, why not? Yeah. Like, not shocked. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like they're going to make it a sport SUV, but like, when they've who cares? Wouldn't they split the CTR nameplate off of the Skyline brand? True. Um, so at least we'll still have GTRs. But it's just sad that they, they're, they're trying to apply that to the marketing of their SUVs. But ultimately, all this is going to do is just elude these really famous names. Yeah, and there's enough old namesakes in Japanese auto manufacturers' lineups. Every single one of them has a ton of old namesakes they could bring back and make into a new SUV. Why diminish? I mean, you're, you're trying to increase the perceived value amongst, you know, because it was a popular chassis, is a popular name. Right. But, like... Just leave it, leave it alone, man. Right. Yeah, it it's alone. it's one of those things. Like they're like, oh well, people love the Skyline name. We'll attach it to this. But the people that love the Skyline name right. hate this product that you yeah. made. And the people who don't know the Skyline name don't give a shit if it's called Skyline. Right. Call it a fucking Cedric. Call it a SEMA. Call it a yeah. yeah. Call it a. I mean, I was gonna say. Well, so. even call it a Bluebird. I don't even, know. Do a, something different. Right. I always, I always hoped that the name Bluebird would come to the U.S. because it's so much cooler than Altima. Right, but it's so I, much better. I I honestly thought the Crown was a better use for an SUV because at least it was a luxury sedan. Right, that's a Toyota though. Yeah, yeah. that's a Toyota. I did see one of those the other these, day. How these? Oh, you oh, did? One of the new ones? Yeah, I oh. walked by. I was driving by. and I was like, Crown. What the? F- <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! They're How'd actually here. How did it look? I it looked like a crossover SUV. Okay. I literally couldn't tell you a single detail about it besides that it said Crown on so it. So pretty beige, except for Crown. Yeah, it's a Toyota. Crossover SUV, <laughs> like, but even fun. that made more sense to me because at least it was a luxury brand. Yeah, if they if they said, "Hey, we're making the Nissan President into an SUV," I'd be like, "Still don't like it, but I understand because everybody that wants luxury wants an SUV." Right. You know, but the Skyline, and now there is a little bit of precedent for this. The what we had is the EX35 was a Skyline Estate in Japan. Oh, okay. Which is kind of it's a lifted. Yeah. Wagon SUV ish thing, right? Yeah, with the whole Infinity line, they had a lot of those trim levels. Yeah, like the G's were the the rear wheel drive Skyline GTs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. All our Infinities are basically Skylines, basically. Yeah. It's like the Q. It's like everything's an Infinity Q, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I still cannot keep that straight. Like to this day, no idea what like because I have of a G thirty seven. I think the Q forty is what it became. It's. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. See, I, I, at least they used to have, the number used to at least mean the displacement. Right. Well, no no manufacturer is doing that anymore. It's, it's, I, just, I miss those days. Another getting not, old. But. Now we have turbo badges on electric cars. So, you what? know. The Porsche? Oh. Oh, Did yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Porsche do a turbo E? Turbo, quote unquote. Yeah, what, what's the Taycan, right? The Taycan. Yeah, yeah. Porsche Taycan Turbo. Wow. You didn't know that? No. Yeah. It's <laughs> terrible. That's, yeah, that's hard. Yeah, turbo was now just a... Like, it's just like it was in the '90s when they put turbo on sunglasses and sweatshirts and stuff. <laughs> it's like it was in the '90s with computers, where they had turbo mode. Yes, the turbo yeah. button that actually slowed the computer down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> nope, not for me. Did not have one of those. <laughs> MS DOS. Oh, good times. So another. Uh, let's get through this because uh, I got we got more shitty fucking news. Uh, <laughs> that I want to get over with. Welcome we back. haven't been out here in a while. We have some bad news for you guys. Uh, I mean, I want to do the James May thing of good news. The Dodge Stealth is back. <laughs> Bad news. It's an SUV replacing the Durango. Really? It's replacing the Durango? Yep. The Durango is done. Okay. And they're bringing back the Stealth name for this thing. And I'm just like, eh. why? So 
So stealth was always a funny name for a car. But for an SUV, it makes it no, no sense. sense. <laughs> Although I guess you will blend in if you're in right. the middle of a city. Yeah. 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 My question is, though, like, once again, though, who is this for? I feel like the Durango had its market. Yeah, a lot people, of people like the Durango. People it does love Dur- have its market. Yeah. People love Durangos. So by changing the name, now you're kind of like out, you know, pushing those people out. And who are you bringing in with the stealth name? <laughs> People who've been waiting around since the 90s for stealth? I guess so. I don't know, man. Honestly, I went to Slush yesterday, the little meet, just on a whim. And there's a ton of great streetcars out there because there was, you know, the event at Vandermeer. But the whole point is, is that I looked around at the demographic driving some of these younger, cooler cars, even the chasers that were there and some of the JDM stuff, because there were multiple chasers, which made me happy. That's pretty sweet. Um, but you look at some of these, the demographic was way younger than I expected to see. And I was like, oh, is this like another cool kind of Gen Z thing where they're actually kind of like, if you're into cars, are you appreciating a classic right out of the gate? And so maybe bringing back namesakes like Stealth or something where, you know, Maybe they're doing. Maybe? They're, they're not marketing towards us, right? Oh, they're it's marketing not for towards us. Gen yeah. Z. Yeah, they want to get them driving because we're going to drive. Right, yeah. we're old. They already you know? hooked us. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, nobody now wants to. Young people don't want cars. They don't want to drive. Yeah, so. dude. I don't I blame to, them if you're not into it. Like, well, like I, I love having a car, but if public transit was better, right? I wouldn't. I, if I didn't have to rely on a car, it would be an easier life. Yeah, I mean, we've harped on that multiple yeah. times on here. And like today, I had to go get our gear from my, my shop, which on a clear day, traffic-wise, is 25 minutes away. It took me an hour and 10 minutes to get back. Holy wow. shit. Because just traffic everywhere. There was a crash on Arapahoe, and it's like, it was just, you were stuck. Yeah. I was like, man, I wish I could be on that train right now. Like, I don't, you know, and Gen Z's grown up in that traffic stuff. When we were young, I don't feel like it was that bad. Like, yeah. you would hit traffic. Yes, traffic existed. But unless you were in L.A. or Chicago or New York, you know, you didn't really hit the, the crazy shit. But now that's just everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. And you also, when we were kids, you could fill up an SUV's tank for $20. Yeah. Oh, man, I remember us going. We had a – my buddy had a Dodge Shadow Turbo, a little two-door. Yeah. Manual, red. Actually, I wanted that car so bad. <laughs> I want that car still. Um but we would go out and drive for like three, I think we drove for like three, four hours one time. We got back and we put $3 of gasoline in his car. Wow. See, that's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. You can't even get a gallon of gas for that now. Yeah. But I mean, that was, this is how old I am. There was a period in my life when I was driving that gas was under a dollar. Like it was brief. But yeah. It but spiked we, after but that. we grew up and saw that. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, if we had been kids and. The price of gas was like, oh no, it's going to cost you twenty dollars to drive downtown. Right. It's like, oh no. And then I'm... you have to pay for parking, and then right. your insurance is going to be insane yes. anymore. And like, now you have to worry about hail damage, and just like, I get why Gen Z isn't driving as much. Yeah. So, but that makes sense to, you know, they have also grown up with our generation really propping up all these JDM cars, you know, and seeing that, yeah. and so I can I can see maybe. But they're not stupid either, so I don't know. Well, Dodge is stupid in general. Yeah, but I mean, so, Gen Z is Dodge they're not actually stupid. Marketing, their, their whole marketing strength. Let's, just, let's do stupid stuff. I just can't oh. stand any of the Fiat Chrysler <laughs> Dodge nonsense. Is it, the, is it the, the products or the people driving them? All of the above. <laughs> 
Now, will the Dodge Stealth SUV be as prone to douchebag drivers as the Durango? Even more so. I think it, <laughs> I think it depends on how much power it has. Yeah. Another funny layer to the name being because, terrible. Because, because <laughs> did the caliber really draw that many people in? No. Because it was kind of a piece of shit car. Yeah, it didn't make any power. Yeah, and if the Dodge Stealth is filling that market segment, it may not be memorable at all. I don't know, because I, I do think part of the appeal of the Durango is it's a cheap way to get a V8. Like, let's say, because, yeah. let's say you're the type of guy that wants the Challenger, wants the Charger, but the wife wants an SUV, right. you know, and you're like, ah, I can still get that big V8 and cut the mufflers off, you know. Heard a lot of loud Durangos. Yeah. <laughs> so is the Stealth going to still be that? I don't know. I don't know if it's going to hit that same demographic. Or is it going to be like a front wheel drive, four cylinder. Right. With, you know, no soul. A big, loud vehicle that cuts you off in traffic and disobeys traffic laws called the <laughs> stealth i love it <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why they did it they're just like they they know yeah. like, they're trying to be ironic like, yeah <laughs> oh man is there any more bad news oh there's tons more bad news oh, god uh in not suv bad news these are actually sports cars so that's good news uh but <laughs> uh in a section i call where have all the manuals gone Sung in the tune of Where Have All the Cowboys Gone, which I'm not going to do here, but. <laughs> uh, we'll have to do this at a bar and then we can make that happen. Yeah. I'll refrain. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Get it? Musical? The refrain? Re- refrain? Oh my God. No. So, so you sing a refrain? Okay. I'll, no. I'll, I'll echo it from the chorus. I got. All right. What is happening right now? <laughs> my, my musical joke about refrains fell flat. Ah, uh, uh, I get that uh, one. Yeah. You're what a sharp. sharp intellect you have. Oh my yeah, god, let's go. move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have pun here. Fun here. Oh my god. Does anybody listen to this show anymore? Have we lost everybody? <laughs> I think we can say whatever we want right now. <laughs> everybody has stopped listening. I think I'm keeping y'all invested. <laughs> uh, so, first up, this one's not that surprising, but it is sad because we were just talking about these cards earlier. Uh, EcoBoost Mustang, no longer available with a manual transmission. That's a real shame. It is. This is the closest we we have to an American Sylvia. It really is. Yeah. I just talked about wanting one. I'm yeah. Actually, it's actively on the list as a Miata replacement. So. Yeah. I've been looking at them, too. They just, they're still just like a little too expensive for where I'm at personally wanting to buy a car. Uh, but I'm just like waiting because I'm like, man, well, those come down. Like, you can tune them to like, what, 350, 400 wheel? Pretty easily. Which is software. Yeah, and maybe like a couple little bolt-ons, maybe like a downpipe or something. And it's lighter than the V8 one. Better balance. I, I think we've talked about it on the show before. I just think it. I think it's a great car. Like if you're going all out and you just want all the power, then yeah, get a V8 and strap a supercharger onto it or something. But if you just want a nice, dailyable, fun rear-wheel drive car, like, I don't know, seems like a pretty good option. Well, yeah, 300 horsepower back in 2006 was what the V8 put out. I mean, less. It put out less than that. Well, I'm somebody the crank. I don't even think it made that. I think it was two sixty. When, when they came out with the new retro Wait, body, wrong. that was like their big thing. Like it finally makes three hundred horsepower. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, at the crank, like I said, not at the, the wheels. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that every time they that was like the opposite, where they I think they overrated those a little because you dyno <laughs> yeah. and put make like what like two fifty to the wheel, and you're like, there's no way that's three hundred crank. It's like, so I'm paying insurance for a three hundred horsepower car. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Zero to sixty in seven seconds. Uh, but I'm not too surprised to hear this news because, in general, you know, the people that are buying manuals are getting the V8s. It's true. You know, a lot of these 
they don't offer a V6 anymore, so a lot of these cars are going to rental agencies, you know, to fleets, to stuff like that. And uh, I guess it just wasn't wasn't a profitable thing to even be making the when they updated the chassis to even bother with like mounts or production or anything like that. And sad to see it go, but I mean they're kind of hard to find, so I guess they weren't really that popular to begin with. Yeah. The value on the manuals is about to go up, though. Yeah. If they're not making any more. True. Hopefully not. So I saw another perplexing one that you have on that list is I don't understand why Nissan did what they did with the why would yes. you go back like what you make the only right decision so, in producing the z and then you make the flagship model automat what are you toyota <laughs> so the reason they did that and it's not mentioned anywhere because it's faster oh that does make sense which you know i didn't I, think about it i could see it being a way to differentiate the models because when i looked at the when the 370z came out and they released the nismo version it's like okay it's ten thousand dollars more what more do i get a body kit. A body kit, an exhaust, about 50 horsepower, optimistically. Oh, of hell no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 50? You did, 15, I, Really? Was it only There's 15? no way you're getting 50 more. It's maybe 15. Yeah, so 15 yeah. more horsepower, you're paying a lot more money. Mm-hmm. And like a 33% increase in price to get just the Nismo bid, bids. I mean, the wheels were amazing. Yeah, I I'll, that I'll first gen that. Nismo 370 is on my list. I love that body kit. I love the oh, look God. of that car. Uh, I don't know why. I just Ugh. love that body kit. Those those Ooh. wheels, those raised wheels they put on that thing looked incredible. It, I will say it looks a lot better in person than it does in pictures. I, I don't think. know, man. The wheels are great. The body kit, to me, personal opinion, is horrendous. I've just yeah. always thought the Nismo Z kind of fell flat as far as giving you what giving you a reason to spend the extra money. Yeah. Um, it does look great, and it's awesome to pull up in one because if it's a legitimate Nismo Z at a, at a car meet, it's like, oh shit, you got a real one, you know? I think it looks better than that second gen Nismo they made, where it just looks like a Z. Oh yeah, that one was really under understated. Yeah, wasn't it? I was like, eh, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, I think a Nismo car should be understated. Think so? I do personally. I think I think a whip kit and nice wheels and, and so you, you know, don't like when they do like the red. I don't like the. I really. Everything. I think that the Z that you're talking about feels like a um, um, a product of Tokyo Drift Hero Car. That's oh, what for it sure. Feels like, and I. Okay. I'm just not here for it. That, that, that's fair. I, that's personal opinion. Yeah. No, it is. That's definitely the most racer Z they've ever made. But I don't know. I'm a racer at the end of the day. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I I do think though, because. We all saw when the Nissan Z came out, all the tests, the drag race tests, the automatic was beating the manual by like a large margin. Yeah, they were just giving out automatics as press cars for a long time. Yeah. Everybody wanted to test the manual. Yeah, when they did, everybody was very disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, but then they finally did it when they're like, oh, look at this drag race. Look, it stacks up against the Supra. Yeah. Like, because it can. So I think that's why, because I think they knew if they came out with a, a Nismo Z, that extra money and that that six speed held it back you know from being a competitor against the supra yeah that they were gonna get a lot of flack for it and when you're thinking in terms of gran turismo marketing style of like oh what is actually faster like what are these track times yeah Yeah. right yeah when you're when you're looking at numbers i think i think that i'll take back my initial disbelief and and and, uh kind of go oh yeah gtr is unbeatable because it's automatic right now this is this is a standard slush box nine speed 
but okay, oh, I take it all back one. again. <laughs> but I will say, yeah. I will say though, from everything I've read, I haven't driven one. I haven't driven any of these modern automatics and stuff like that. But it seems like the tuning on those has gotten to the point where it doesn't feel like an old transmission. I. To go back to the Mustang, I just drove a 10-speed oh, four-cylinder Mustang convertible in the canyons in, in, in uh, Southern California and really got to enjoy it. And I will say that for how it reacts, even in the sharpest shift setting, it still definitely doesn't feel like a, like a true dual-clutch transmission, a good paddle-shifting transmission that the, that's a, a dual-clutch. Or uh, it also they has too many gears. Yeah. It has too many gears. And you never know speed, where it wants to be. That 10 speed's a massive source of praise. People it is if you're a drag it. racer, but yeah. I think if you're if you're trying to select a gear or a power band range to go through a corner and you're hunting for, oh, do I need to be in fourth, fifth, or sixth? <laughs> yeah. Come on, dude. Yeah. And it just doesn't That's know too what much. to do. Yeah. Six is the number. Seven maximum if you want overdrive, but I think six is the number if you want a performance-based Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It seems like it's... Kind of proven though that that nine ten speed they're way faster. So because you can stay in the power bands around, it just, it just sounds like it's annoying to drive because it's always shifting. Well, yeah, but are we talking faster around a circuit? Yeah, well, supposedly I don't know. Well, like, I guess that was a drag race. So, but I that's don't know. knowing your trans. That's how the, that's what I'm saying is you really have to know at that point. It's like oh well, the difference between fifth and sixth here is four hundred RPM. Right. So like <laughs> really like to to get the most out of it, how much do you need to know about the car? Yeah. I mean, this has been a kind of a long time coming of like the manuals are going to just, they're for enthusiasts, but they're not necessarily faster. You know, we saw that with dual clutches coming in, but then those proved to be kind of like a finicky technology. So everybody just went back to automatics and then automatics got way better with ZF, like new nine, 10 speeds and stuff like that. And those are fast now. So it's like, if you want to build a fast car, you need more gears. You know, I mean, I guess Porsche and Corvette had their seven-speed manuals, you know. Yes. Which, I that's got to be the weirdest thing to drive. But I talked to somebody who had one, and they were saying that, like, it's the really the first five gears, maybe six, and seven is just an economy cruising gear. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's what it should, that's um, fine. But, I, you know, it kind of kind of reminds me of the marketing when the Z came out. They were talking about, well, the track car is the GTR, and they called the Z a dance partner. Because it was the manual that you could play with and have fun. And I'm guessing that this Nismo automatic only is like, oh, no, it can be track focused. Here it is. It's track focused. Yeah. For the, the, like you were saying, the Gran Turismo crowd, the people who aren't ever going to drive it, but they're just going to look at the numbers. Yeah. I don't know. I think in that price range, it is definitely the car I get, not the Nismo, like a regular Z. But Right. Yeah. I think the regular Z, based on its pricing, if you can actually find one at MSRP, is a great value. Yeah. It's cheaper than a Supra. Yeah, yeah, but good luck finding one. At, like, yes, that's the problem. You can't even find them on dealership lots. Like, Dealerships ruin this. I found them for sixty ish, which isn't too bad. That's that's terrible. What are you talking it, about? I know that. <laughs> I know, I know that have, statement like, is the gross. Good options and stuff. I know that statement is gross, but all things considered, uh, it's not marked up to seventy or eighty at least. Yeah, and well, some of those protos were marked over a hundred. Yeah, which is just egregious. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I want to like the new Z, but I just... I just want to see it become ubiquitous. I want to see, like... Because you see 350s and 370s everywhere. Yeah. And I in 10 years, 
which hopefully Nissan will just keep producing this thing. Right. <laughs> I, I want to see what it's like when there's a bunch of Zs on the road, when it's been out for a while, when people have broken them and blown them up and swapped them. And, you know, we're on fifth owner for, you know, new Zs. Yeah. I mean, I will say we were still early in the production run of this Z, but I think I've seen one on the road. I've seen one proto trim and I think it was a test car. Yeah. I haven't seen any. You yeah. saw that one at the lot and that's it. I, it wasn't even at a lot. Oh. I, was, I was I was browsing online to like see what was around and available and oh, how much they were over okay. MSRP because I was helping my friend through this GR86 purchase. And right. I was like, damn, how much more is a Z? It's like, no. oh. At that point, you got to look at the Z. You have to just for basis, right? Right. I mean, truthfully, Civic Type R is still the move there. but Yeah, yeah. but if you want rear-wheel drive, I mean. Yeah, but. Like, the Type R is the practical choice. Yeah. I mean. GR Corolla, Civic Type R, Nismo Z or Supra. I'm personally going GR Corolla. I mean, that's especially if you're that can be your one car. Right. You one. can have that and that's it. I'm going Supra because it's a bad decision. <laughs> and I, I'll, I'll drive my broken F-150 when it snows. Right. <laughs> just so I can drive that Supra a few months out of the year. I don't know. I mean, we all have beaters. So really, that's kind of take that out of the equation. You still get... I mean, do you still get a Supra? If you need, or you're saying you want one, if it's your only, if it's car. your only car, the Type R or the GR Corolla is the way. To I go. just like hot hatches, even if that's not a, a daily driver. I still want a GR Corolla. Fair. I love that car. Fair. Like more yeah. than I should. You never wavered from that, so I, I believe that's it. true. <laughs> You've been very consistent there. I have. Didn't I was like, really expecting that that car to come out and really disappoint me, but. So far, everything I've seen is like, yeah, it's really freaking good. The only thing disappointing is how Toyota has rolled it out. Yeah, yeah, and how you can't get one. Right. And how I'm yeah. a one bro- too broke few. Man. Yeah. And then we're gonna start making. Oh, we up the production numbers. Yeah. Yeah. After they got all their markups and stuff. Yeah. From the first run. There was one of those at Track Attack. I'll have to look and see how it did. Oh yeah. Yeah. I imagine pretty good. Yeah. We'll see though. I mean, the Type R beats the GR Corolla around the track. Okay. Pretty consistently. Wow. So. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I mean, Type R is a little lighter, surprisingly. Hey, I It I looks so much it. bigger. Right? <laughs> yeah. I think that's like the best. Oh my, like that car is so pretty and it performs so well. That's finally they got it right after a very you, long time. You like time. that it's like the new one's more mature. Oh, I love it. I yeah. love the new Honda styling. I think they've finally fucking nailed it again. Uh, the CRVs look good. All of it. The, the Dude, whole the HRV looks, looks good. good. The HRV does look good. Yeah, I, see I, I like, don't even like... want to admit it because it's a crossover. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, oh, that's actually good looking. Yeah, oh, I saw God, one the other right. day. I was like, that might be a future car for Kayla. Like, there you go. That'd be a great little get around town. Look good. Yeah, yeah and it's a hybrid. So are they hybrid? I thought the HRVs were hybrid power uh, planes. They probably offer it. I would imagine. Honda offers everything as a hybrid now, right? Pretty probably. much. Probably. I don't know. Hybrids aren't important. <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know like for me though the all-wheel drive of the corolla is just like it is badass yeah yeah it's it's a rally car you know that's yeah. what i love about it so um well we are actually getting close to an hour here so i do want to mention just real real quick real quick uh before i completely lose my voice here uh the ionic 5n got announced okay yeah you, you guys see that one uh well I'm really happy I left Hyundai. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm not surprised by that because they've really been hitting the marketing with the Ionic 5 and the Ionic 6 because they they're both they both look like future cars. The Ionic 6 definitely has some Porsche Tesla styling. Yeah. 
going on. Um, I always liked the Ionic 5. It was just like, oh, they made Cyberpunk the car. It looks like that, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and then this new N variant, I was like, oh, shit. They, like, they went for it. They yeah. made a performance EV hot hatch thing, which is, it's kind of an SUV. But yeah, it's big. It's a big one. Yeah. But, like, they actually, they didn't, like, half-ass it either. Like, they, they made sure it, like, worked on track. Okay. Like, they... Uh, increase the cooling and the brakes and like the software settings to make sure it can go do track stuff. See, that's awesome. And not overheat the, the battery. That's a big issue I've seen with Hyundai's doing the warranty was the cooling systems for the EV, the batteries are not adequate a lot of the time. Yeah. They've had to be replaced a lot. Um, and they got so sick of replacing batteries that they told our shop foreman to open one up. And he's like, these aren't serviceable parts. We're not supposed to open these up. He's like, well, well, we can't replace it. We need you to open it up. Because they were sick of doing $50,000. Uh, I mean, ROs. I don't blame them. <laughs> I don't either. But, you know, build, make, build yeah. the cars that don't break in the first place. Right, make a better battery. Um, so, yeah, he was basically like, yep, until the field service technician comes out, I am not opening this lithium-ion battery. Yeah, that's fair. I wouldn't. Yeah. Because yeah. that, that was my thing, is hearing all your battery issues. I was like... Yeah. Now you're going to take this thing to the track and right. <laughs> really get it hot. Yeah, <laughs> really get those batteries yeah, really catching on fire. Well, it'll be funny because they also have like a lot of little, like the little electronic bits, they have failures. Like, you know, the, the door handles are supposed to pop out. They don't always do that. And I feel like I'd like to see it at a track like, oh, okay, the drivetrain held up, but the infotainment system just bricked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we can't open the doors. Yeah, right, because you have to hit a button on the infotainment to open the doors or something yeah. on uh, Maybe it's not as bad as a Tesla, but but the fact that they made a 641 horsepower Ionic N performance EV is just like, I'm shocked they made it. Now, of course, it will cost you at least $70,000 MSRP, which is far too much to spend on a Hyundai. With dealer markup, you're talking hundred grand for this yeah. thing. But like, that that's the main thing. It's like, until they get those prices down... Yeah, but they're not going down. That's the fucked up. No, they're part. going up. What they'll do is, if if not enough people buy that, they'll slap a Genesis badge on it. Yeah, <laughs> they'll sell it as a luxury car. Right. Because people are buying these hundred thousand dollar Genesis G90s. Oh yeah, dude. I have a coworker that has one, and we were talking about cars and, and replacing things, and he's like, "How much he loves his Genesis," and I was like, "Just." cringing at the f- oh, like it's, it took everything in me to not be like mm, yeah. i would never ever in a million years spend that money on that car yeah <laughs> you know? oh and it's hilarious because they the lack of planning that goes into this like we had one so obviously customer comes into a hyundai dealership and drops a hundred k two weeks in car stops working they bring it in uh radios infotainment's completely toast so they replace that and two weeks after that, it comes in again. Needs a battery. There is no aftermarket battery. And they don't have any from the and factory there either. there were none from the factory. So this guy who spent six figures on his Hyundai is driving around in a G70 loaner for months so we can get a battery. I'm like, guys, just order a 90K size BMW battery. Let's go. Right. But, the, but it's got to be uh, OEM under warranty. And we had to get it straight from interstate through Hyundai. Yeah. Yeah. They're just, they're not quite ready. Like, and little things too. Like, there was, they don't give everything part numbers. Like, the we had a sunroof that. that failed, and the brain, the control box for the sunroof had no part number. The little pillows that they put in the back, those have part numbers. <laughs> <laughs> but the control unit for the sunroof didn't have one. And I was like, man, this is, 
you guys really didn't plan this at all, did you? Yeah. I mean, they're not Honda. I mean, Honda plans things. There's a reason, and I'll stick by this from a lot of previous episodes. When Toyota or Honda comes out with something along those lines, you'll know it's the right time. Yep. That's how, It's not that it's the wrong way to go. I mean, we've talked about alternative fuel sources and e-fuels and everything under the sun, right? We've always covered everything like that. Right. And I just think no matter what, like I'm going to look to those companies to know where the future of propulsion is going. Well, when you have a whole city devoted to R&D, like you can trust that things will be looked into thoroughly. Well, I think to his point, or the point he's trying to make though, is just like they won't release it until it's ready. Yeah. Right. Where everybody else is just like, just push shit out. Yeah, put it out, and the customer complaints will be how we fix it. Yeah, it's a mad consumer dash. It's just yeah. to get the market share, and it's like, okay, great, take the market share. Right. I don't want to be. I mean, I watched a TED talk recently. Um, fuck, it was uh, had to do with how things like early adopters of technology and that bell curve of like when something really hits its its stride in, in gaining market share, um, and, and it was related to Apple, I think, but. The whole point is, is you have these people that take chances, the early adopters, and we need them to do this so that we can wait for the masses to really get something from a company that's going to put it out when it's ready. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Apple, like, you know, yeah, the iPhone is uh, ambiguous in the smartphone stuff and they got that, but look how much Android brought it to the masses. You know, they democratized it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I so. still just bought a new MacBook and a new phone. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't necessarily blame you, but I uh, yeah. Samsung has a great MacBook I'm just, ripoff. I'm just that I even think I'm, I'm rips too invested. off all the gestures. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I have a Samsung phone. It's just a knockoff of an iPhone. But <laughs> I think I'm just too invested at this point. Yeah, but the point is though, like I I do agree that like I feel like though. Car companies are kind of pushing the limits of what early adopters are at this point. In my opinion, early adopters were the Tesla people. Those oh, were the early yeah. they had the first mover advantage into that market. Yeah, and yeah. and their customers were fine with naggles, with weird software updates, with things not working right, with body panels not lining up yeah. and stuff like that. But the masses aren't gonna really like that in the long run they're gonna be like yeah. man this car's a piece of shit i just need something that works and that, i'm, I'm and not here huge, to be an enthusiast yeah there's a huge yeah. movement for teslas you know, against te- teslas for that reason yeah like oh my infotainment system stopped working and now the whole car won't work yeah which is is wild because my friend a close friend who has uh, a very nice s2000 case swapped hatch like lots of toys hardcore car enthusiasts built wrx all this stuff had a, a hybrid F-150 for a daily. He's in construction. Okay. Um, not necessarily on site, so maybe doesn't need the truck. Decided to switch, and he just put in our little group chat that he bought or is buying a Tesla to replace it. And His I, truck? Yeah. Okay. I immediately was like, what? Like, you? Did you say Why? which Tesla? Why? I think he's going to get a... I got to look. But Extra he's gonna, wide, he's probably. Bought, so it's going to be... It's not going to be a three, I'll tell you that. Okay. Um... But yeah, I was like, ugh. And it just like, I kind of threw up in my mouth a little bit, honestly. I was like, bro, really? You could do better. Like, come on. Just get a, you know, this is clearly a a, a for the wife and kid decision. Sorry, car. (laughs) Your name's car. Don't do that. Right? Come on. Car. Get a car. Car. Is his name actually car? His name is car. Car Carho. Car what? Carho. Carho. Yeah. 
What a name, man. And now he's whoring himself out to Tesla. <laughs> I'm sorry. to say, if you want to be a hipster, you're going to lose it. Uh, I think, dude, honestly, I, I drove a Polestar recently. Yeah. Dude, I've, I like the Polestar. Wait, wait I, I was like, oh, I'd get this over a Tesla just to be, to not be Right, one to of not have guys. a Tesla, yeah. I, like I said, when I drove the, I drove a Polestar like a long time ago, but like the thing I said when I drove that was like, I just like that it looks like a car. It looks like a car, yeah. not like a fucking weird egg yeah. or something. Like we had to make it look futuristic. Yeah. And the interior is like a car, yeah. you know, <laughs> not just a tablet. And I drove a Tesla while I was in Michigan, but unfortunately, I don't think we have time for that whole story today. Uh, so just remind me at some point to right. recount the story of the Tesla because it is an, it was an adventure. Uh, and we also don't have time for this other discussion thing because we bullshitted too long. But uh, I'm going to add it out there because we have a Discord server now. And we are accepting everybody and anybody that's a car enthusiast to come out and join our Discord server and... Hang with the cool kids. Yeah. Come Unless hang you have with a us. Tesla. You can talk shit about us, too. Just, I say car Just come join. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, I I wanted to open up the Discord to everybody because pretty much I figured out Discord had a hidden forums feature. So That's awesome. we can do forums again. Right. Like, leave, like a real forum. Fuck yeah. Facebook. I have a build thread for the Fiesta on there. My buddy has a build thread for his uh, Evo project. Yeah, Mirage to Evo project. Yeah, that looked really cool. So we got a couple build threads already started. Uh, I'm posting news stuff on there, so you can make comments on all these news articles we are going to talk about, and we can you can add add to our discussion of it. Um, And I'm going to add this somewhere in the Discord, so that way you guys can comment on it, and we can come back and discuss it more. Uh, I was thinking about the other day that my 20 year high school reunion is coming up fairly soon which is scary. A um, couple years out, but the fact that it's even that close is scary. you plan on going? No, not at yeah. all. Uh, <laughs> but He's too scared. Yeah, that's it. Um, you, if you see where I grew up, like you're, you'd be like, why would you want to go back there for anything? <laughs> Jason actually just did his, well, it would have been my 15-year high school reunion too, but I got kicked out of Catholic school. So oh, God, that's going to be a great reunion. I never actually graduated. Was Catholic it? school reunion? Yeah, Catholic school. So reunion. half of them are in jail. Yeah. Half of them are on drugs. Yeah, a bunch of them got pregnant while they were in school. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but my, I've always thought about this. Like when I was younger, it was more of a I'm going to come back and show them. Like I'm going <laughs> right. to. Right. When you know. were in high school. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Now I don't care, but I, it got me right. thinking again. I'm like, huh. If you wanted to like show up in a car to your 20 year high school anniversary and just impress everybody. Right. Because that's you, how it works. Yeah, exactly. Right. But you're not rich, so you only have about 50K to spend. Okay. What car would that be? Oh, great. A Z. Assuming you get it for MSRP. Assuming <laughs> you get it for MSRP. <laughs> well, Are we going off, off what it actually costs or MSRP? Because I'll reconsider. Hey, what it actually costs. Okay, so I'm definitely getting a used car. Um, yeah. Well, don't say anything now. Think about it. Okay. And we'll come back to this discussion on the next episode. I like it. And hopefully our audience will also give us some of their suggestions. Because there's... It's hard to... The thing is, you're going to a high school reunion. You're not going to a car meet. The people there don't know cars. So you got to pull out something that's crazy. It's got to be ubiquitously seen as a status symbol. You can't show up in an 886. Everybody's just going to think you're driving an old Corolla. Right. So, I don't know. It just it was an interesting question. So, if you want to find us on the Discord server and add your suggestion to that, uh, there will be a link in the description of this episode. 
Otherwise, you can go to religionspeed.com and I will have a link to the Discord server on there. I don't know how to just direct you right to Discord because it's kind of a weird, it's not a website. You have to have an app. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You have to have an app. But hey, you can see classified military documents if you download the app. Right? It's true. Yeah. You just got to join the right Discord server. Right. It's not our Discord server. You can you can relax, <laughs> government. Uh, and we are done with all other social media for now. Like, I'm just, I'm just tired of Facebook. I'm tired of Instagram. I'm tired of it. Well, and we'll be making YouTubes as as we come up with ideas. Yeah, you know those those will come and go as we as we please. And we're reforming our religion with speed a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a, a little bit. I just like Discord's more. It, it you can have actual conversations with people. Yeah, you know, and I, I like that so much better. I'd rather have a small community of people that are all supporting each other and having conversation than just like a bunch of fucking randos on Instagram. Like I don't. Maybe that's just me being No offense old. to our Instagram friends. <laughs> right? I think it's just me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us today because we got to get out of here. They're going to kick us out of this place before too long. Uh, so, I think that's all the news. So, just send us out. We'd like to thank the band Wheels for the use of our theme song, Colors. You can hear that on the album Traveler Part 1. And you can find them at Wheels the Band at Bandcamp.com. All right, Heretics, it's going to do it for us today. Until next time, peace out. Woo, we did it.